0: Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 16. Glad you could join us. In today's episode, I interview one of my favorite longtime students, Sophia Harn. Unlike most of my students, I have never taught Sophia Latin. I first met her when she was in high school and had already learned Latin from her father, Dr. George Harn. She signed up for my online German course at Colby back in 2014. I was living in Germany then and had no idea that only five years later I would have the privilege of being Sophia's teacher once again, this time teaching Greek at Magdalen College in New Hampshire, literally in Sophia's backyard, and that these classes would be in person Connecting with students face-to-face has been one of my biggest joys recently since my return to the U.S. And I hope you will detect the bond that began in a Colby online classroom and is now enjoyed and strengthened three times a week in our meeting space for Greek studies at Magdalene. Today, you know, I just wanted to, to kind of talk with you a little bit about your language learning experience and then different forms of learning online, in person, things like that. And um, so how about if we just kind of start at the beginning? When did you first start learning foreign languages and what were they?
1: Um, So I started learning Latin very young. Um, I actually... I, I don't remember this, but I have been told when I was about six or seven, I went up to my dad and he was working on his dissertation and I asked him, you know, dad, what are you doing? And he said, Oh, I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm, he was translating something and he said, I, I'm doing Latin. And I was like, Oh, I want to do Latin. And so he started at that point I could read. So he started kind of teaching me the very basic vocabulary, very basic grammar and the very basic Latin prayers. And then as I got older, um, I was homeschooled most of my life and I continued to kind of pursue Latin um, and to grow, kind of reinforcing what I had learned as I got older. Because when you're young, it's you know it's helpful to start with the very simple things and kind of get those basics down. Um, and then in high school, I discovered Greek, mm-hmm. and I took two um, summer courses in ancient Greek that were very much meant to kind of give a, a very broad. O- review of the language Mm. um and i quickly fell in love with it i love latin and greek um both for different reasons but um and then this past year i started kind of officially taking greek for the first time um with you dr amazar at magdalene so and then of course german as well in high school i forgot to mention i did take a i think two years of german Mm -hmm. um in high school which was also wonderful that's my only experience with modern languages yeah um so,
0: well, yeah. I, I remember even then, um, never knowing that, that I would be you know your teacher in person one day or that I'd even meet you. But it was it was interesting even then. I was surprised how much um, how much you could relate things to Latin. It seemed like you would ask, "Is this like the case system in Latin or whatever?" <laughs> and so, with I mean, would you say that that you know an ideal way to learn languages is to start with with Latin?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, I think that one of the biggest benefits of learning kind of a a non-modern and ancient language is that the way in which you learn it is going to be completely different. And so in, because you're primarily learning it to read it, not to speak it. And so in learning in in that way, you often, at least this has been my experience, tend to learn a lot more about the structure of the language and kind of its inner workings and its grammar. Mm. And not only does that then For me it helped me immensely understand english grammar even though english grammar is different obviously than you know latin or you know (laughs) um but it helps you understand the way that kind of most languages you're going to encounter work
0: yeah yeah that's in
1: encountering them yeah in that way then when you go to learn a modern language you have that that grammatical and that structural background that's so beneficial yeah so that was my experience at least
0: well you come from a family of musicians i know and i i've always i I've, I've thought like latin is almost something like learning the piano and then you can relate all <laughs> the other instruments to it you know i don't know if that's a, a good analogy but it's kind of that way in my experience as well
1: no definitely and like because it has this real beauty to it you know it's a language you know it's not math right like the words mean something and you know, not that math isn't beautiful, but in its own right, but, you know, it has this, this beauty to it, but there's also this incredible order. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in, in, it relates to music particularly in that way. Yeah. You know, music is, there's a, there's this intricacy and this orderliness to it that kind of can evoke wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is also true of languages.
0: Man, yeah, that's a great way of putting it. I, I think you're right. And you, you mentioned, you fell in love with Greek when you first encountered it. And what what was it? Is there anything specific about the language that you remember that you thought, wow, this is really a great language?
1: I think, this is a very superficial reason, but I really like the way that Greek sounds when mm. it's spoken. Mm. And so I would hear Greek being read, and I was just struck by phonetically how beautiful it is. And then another thing is, in many ways, at least this is my, I have limited experience, but my experience is that in many ways Greek can be more specific than Latin, which simultaneously makes it more difficult, but also in many ways more beautiful, right? And even, you know, this is kind of generally philosophically understood, you know, Greek has four different words or more, maybe more, um, to speak of love, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas we only have one. (laughs) And so I, I find that Greek in general is Yeah, there's just this intricacy and this beauty to it, um, and its complexity, because it it is a very complex language. Um, So yeah, I think that those were kind of the the two things that struck me, just the beauty of it, just kind of, for when you first encounter it, the way that it's written and the way that it sounds. But also then in, in the structure of it and what it means.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. With because it is beautiful and and being able to write in another alphabet that you can like just read it and and read it as though you're reading Latin characters. That's that's something that kind of I think sets sets you apart. It's like sure a lot of people learn Latin, but it's the same alphabet. Those sorts of things. And one of those first hurdles is is overcoming just. The alphabet and pronunciation and and those types of things. Did you um, when you were learning these languages? I'm just wondering. Did were you are you somebody who makes flashcards and studies flashcards, or or how did you get your vocabulary in these languages?
1: My the the thing that has been most beneficial for me. So Latin, I kind of had a head start mm-hmm. um, because the way that my dad taught me is we went through like these mountains of flashcards year after year after year when I was very young. <laughs> and so it's hard for me to speak from there because that's kind of a unique thing that is, is, you know, more difficult to replicate when you get older. Like I just have a mo in my head. <laughs> yeah. I can't get it out. You know, yeah. I, that, that is difficult at this point for me to forget. But when it comes to learning kind of vocabulary now, um, online flashcards have definitely been the most beneficial for me. I use Quizlet, and there's a particular function where you put in online flashcards, and oftentimes they have sets that have already been made. But if it there's a particular function on there that um, prompts you to type out the word, mm-hmm. so you know you'll you'll see the Greek word or whatever, and then you have to then type the English word or vice versa. Um, and for me, that is the most helpful way because I'm actually being forced not just to kind of vaguely recall the, you know, the answer, but actually to type it out, um, that for me has been the most helpful, just kind of, you know, in my attempting to learn (laughs) vocabulary.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great advice. And I know, um, you you were, you were very organized this past year in Greek, putting together those charts and, and things like that. Are you able to relate a lot of that stuff back to your early experiences with Latin? Or does it feel like you're just forging this, this new way?
1: Well, I think that one thing that is beneficial is just so much between Greek and Latin is structurally similar, Um, and in many ways, Greek. Some of the structure in Greek can be easier than in Latin. Mm -hmm. Um, Not the verbs, but everything else, maybe. Um, You know, Greek (laughs) doesn't have an ablative, for instance. So, very structurally, actually, it would be interesting. Sometimes I would copy um, on my computer like the Latin charts. And then go re- just replace all the Latin content with Greek content because the structure of the language is so similar. Mm. Um, so, like, you know, in terms of cases, you know, they, they just function similarly. And so I think. I don't know if that
0: answers your question, but yeah, no, yeah, that yeah, yeah it, it does. has been beneficial, and and that's something I think um, that be, that becomes very apparent if you're at a certain level of Latin. So people that aren't mm-hmm. far enough along, like after a year of Latin, there would be some kind of similarity, mm-hmm. but not not to the level. If you get a little bit farther in Latin, mm-hmm. you can really see it's like. You know, and and you see some of um, the development in later Latin and the influence. I I've always been fascinated by the influence of the two languages on each other, and um, you see that. You know, uh, studying the the Bible mostly, like the the transmission of the New Testament text down through the Middle Ages, and you can start to see some of some of those things. Um, I'm wondering <clears throat> when when you uh, when you were taking. Greek and and it was like those overview classes. What was your experience then doing it in a slower manner like we did this this past year, but you were also very busy with other subjects, other things that you were studying. what What's the difference between taking, I guess in your experience between taking one of these intensive courses and then doing like a full a full uh, year at a at a better pace?
1: Actually, I really, I think that they're very complementary in many ways. Um, And I think I see this, too, like with my friends who are even learning Latin for the first time. Oftentimes, as they're kind of learning, um, you know, they'll they'll reach a point in the semester where, you know, I'll be maybe talking to them about something. And they'll reach this moment where they're like, oh, my goodness, and it just clicks. Mm. And they can kind of go back. And then they start to then they actually want to go back and more and proceed more closely and more carefully through a lot of what they've already learned because you really kind of have to get to this point where, you know, you've kind of got you know, kind of gotten through a lot of the grammar and then you start to see the whole. Right? It's kind of like, you know, that first big overview, you're you're accessing a map, mm-hmm. right? And you're looking at this big this big map and you can't describe, you know, necessarily, oh, this individual place, I've you know, I've been here, I can you know, I can, you know, talk about it super specifically. Yeah. But you get this this sense of, oh, this is the landscape. This is the overview. And then when you then proceed to go through, um, and this is my favorite part, but when, you know, like we did Greek this past, this past year, when you're able to go through it much more slowly and have time to digest it and to practice it and to really memorize a lot of this stuff, Mm. that's when it's like, you know, you're hiking those mountains, right? You're encountering the landscape and and more than just kind of looking at it. But I definitely think that having that map is for sure beneficial, um, and you don't have to have the map. I mean, you can just dive in, right? Like, just go hiking. But there are, I think they're complementary in that way, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's an awesome description, actually. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, what is it that you're hoping to read in Greek? Like, once you get to a certain level, I, I know you've, you've encountered some some advanced texts in some of the other courses. But what is it you're, is there, is there some specific author, or some specific text that you want to read?
1: I mean, honestly, this is this is probably very obvious, but I would, I, I'm very much looking forward to being able to easily read the Gospels, mm-hmm. um, and to easily read the New Testament. Um, it's just so beautiful, and it's such an incredible thing to be able to kind of, even more concrete, even though, like, I'm not probably going to ever reach, you know, biblical scholar, advanced level of Greek, um, it's never going to be my first language, it's never going to be completely intuitive, mm-hmm. just to be able to encounter... Um, the Bible in that way, I think is such an incredible thing. Yeah. Um, And so beyond that, I would also say we spent one of my summer intensive courses reading quite a bit of Lucian, Mm. um, which was quite the adventure. He's (laughs) kind of comparable to kind of Gulliver's Travels. Um, (laughs) And it's very entertaining. It's very funny. Um, But it's a a pretty good level of Greek, and I very much enjoyed that. Um, And so I would love to revisit that at some point, kind of when I've Solidified
0: more of my Greek knowledge. Yeah, yeah, that that's and what you say, you you know, what's a what's a huge benefit in in reading the Gospels and things like that is when you do go to to other texts that are harder and then you come back because a lot of I would say the majority of Americans that learn uh, that that are learning Greek at all, not modern Greek, but but Koine or or classical Greek or whatever. They're they're always learning it for the idea to read the Bible. And I think when you when you go past that level and then come back to the Bible, it's even better. I mean, of course, so like I, I say that for Latin. Like I I I love the Latin Bible now in a way that I don't think I would have if I would have just pursued the Latin Bible. But then I read Cicero and Seneca and all these people, and then I come back to the Bible and I just love it. So there is something to be said for reading Lucian and reading people like this and and then going to the Bible. But we had a pretty cool, i at least I thought so, and, and it seemed like you guys did as well. I was, I was amazed how it was pretty early on, maybe even in the first semester last year, when we started looking at, at the opening of, of Romans. And you, you guys were making your way through the text and seeing things that were... Like jumping out that you'd never seen before, seeing significance in things that, that in English you kind of just read over, you know, and I think that that's going to be a huge reward for you. And your your major, um, I mean, how does Greek play into your major? Well, tell us, tell us about your studies and, and if, if Greek plays into what you're wanting to do long term, I guess, in your collegiate career.
1: Oh, definitely. So, I am currently an incoming sophomore, and here at Magdalen, we choose, we have four majors, it's all liberal arts core, but we have philosophy, theology, politics, and literature, um, and you actually choose your major junior year, and so um, I have kind of, for a while, been very interested in philosophy, I studied a lot of philosophy in high school, um, and That is something that I very much want to pursue. I'm also very interested in theology, and I probably won't major in theology here, but in grad school plans, definitely philosophy and theology are both on my radar. Um, And Greek is so helpful. Um, Greek and Latin Latin as well, but Greek kind of in its own unique way, in that so many um, philosophical terms, um, so many things are referenced from both of those languages, um, that are just incredible when it comes to talking about, you know, reading philosophical texts and talking about philosophical ideas, right? If you're gonna have a conversation with someone about the nature of love, mm. right, you're gonna start distinguishing between agape and philia and eros, you know. And when you know Greek, you actually know not just kind of what those words abstractly mean because you've been told, oh, Greek has four different words for love, here are kind of what they mean. No, you've encountered these words in <laughs> texts. And I think what you said about the Gospels, too, in particular you get to see where those different words are used yeah. in the gospels to mean different things i mean that completely changes you know when you're re- reading an english text you're going to encounter love every almost every time you encounter one of those four words yeah. but when you're reading it in greek suddenly you can <laughs> you know you, you the meaning just becomes alive in a whole new way um, and so yeah and then linguistically of course you know there's so many benefits because so many English words and other words are derived from Latin and Greek, mm-hmm. that when you have a foundation in the vocabularies of those languages, you know, like anthropology, yeah. right? You know, the study of the human person. Like, I don't even have to think twice because I know anthropos in Greek is man, and logos is word, yeah. <laughs> right? And so it also makes it easier to remember some of the the, the jargon and the terminology because you understand the root, Um of that.
0: Man, so. yeah, that that's that is all so true and and like you said you see love and you don't realize there's all these other words behind it. Time is a, is a huge one in yes. the the you know with with the uh, chronos and and um kairos. And so the two Greek words and and kairos is so simple yet th- there's no way to really I mean, I guess occasion is is a way to express it, but it's not exactly the same. And so somebody mm-hmm. just reading the New Testament in translation, in the English translation, sees time, all those times. But if you <laughs> I've done a I've done a search, I can't remember what it was, but it was overwhelmingly um Kairos was used rather than Kronos. Mm-hmm. And we have the conception of Kronos in, in, in our you know, in English, but but not really kairos that's that's just lost and i have a i have kind of it may seem like a silly question but i i ask this once in a while um, to my high school students at colby as a um, on a quiz or something actually i think i did it at magdalen too to the the latin students but i don't think i asked the greek students um, what's your favorite case in the of the cases in greek or latin and why
1: oh goodness <laughs> um, in latin i really say the ablative because the ablative <laughs> is incredibly frustrating um I'd probably no in latin it probably is the ablative um i think kind of because it's the junk drawer case and everything else is stuffed in there yeah. um but it also can make i think also because in latin the ablative makes for some fun ambiguities yeah um and you really have to rely on context for a lot of different things, because you can sometimes it's, it's a little bit unclear exactly how it's being used. <laughs> um, and then in Greek, I like the absence of the ablative,
0: <laughs> oh, um,
1: which isn't a case. <laughs> but the the functions of the ablative in Latin are kind of divided over the genitive, dative, and accusative. Um, but no, in Greek, in Greek, I probably just like the nominative. Yeah, That's, it's, ver- it's very intuitive. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: good, good. (laughs) So one other question that's similar. In in Latin, I guess it's more interesting in Latin, but I guess it can kind of apply um, in Greek as well. What declension is your favorite? Oh,
1: goodness. Um, I think when it comes to Latin, probably... I think probably... The fourth declension is just a fun declension, yeah. um, and there are very few words associated with it. It's one of those things, where, you know. You're at the end of you know your basic Latin grammar learning, and it's pretty intuitive. It's not very complicated, um, and it's funny sounding. So yeah. I think probably fourth declension um, for Latin, and then for Greek, I really just like the sound I think of the first declension. Um, <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I, lo- I love the endings of the first declension in Greek. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to go with
0: that. Yeah, good answer. So, so you, um, yeah, with both of uh, the Latin ones, you had to think a little bit more. The Greek, it was like you just knew, but maybe it's just fresh in your mind. Uh, <laughs> what's What's funny, like if, pe- if people are listening to this. And they, they they may have no idea what we're talking about at all, and um, there there'll be others that maybe have been learning Greek and Latin, and I've had students get in arguments about what's the better declension and why, you know. So if if you're in if you're in the language the classical language world at all, then you'll know what we were just talking about. Otherwise, you you probably have no interest in the in the two questions that we just had. <laughs> Um, so, Sophia, I'm wondering if um, I'm wondering if if you're you're thinking um, about learning any other languages. Um, do you have any goals for that in the future, and, and what would they be?
1: Definitely, I think that I'm very interested. I don't currently know any mod like I know English, but any I've not learned any modern languages, um, and I'm very interested, um, kind of in. Re-entering the world of German um, and also partially for, you know, that's very helpful in studying philosophy, but also just because I think it would be beautiful and wonderful to be able to speak another language, and that's a language I'm particularly interested in. But I also do really want to take the time to kind of put the cherry on top of my Latin studies. I feel like I really want to go back and revisit um, and just absolutely master all of the grammar um, cause you know, there, there are things that you'll kind of get rusty on. Yeah. And so I think first, before I even do that, I really want to go and master Greek and Latin. Um, but definitely I very much am interested in learning German, um, and Spanish as well, I think would be helpful. Yeah. Um, in many respects. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, you'll definitely be able to do it. I mean, it's it's uh, yeah. There's so much that relates to German, as you know, from from these classical languages and things. And one day you'll probably get um, asked to teach or something like that, and that's when you really, really, I think, get the the grammar really well because you know you you go through it again with students, and now you're the one who has to know all the answers and stuff. So it kind of forces you, forces you to do it. No, definitely. Yeah. So is there any other, any other, uh, encouragements or anything you'd like to say to any, per, per, well, I guess if maybe there maybe there's probably people listening to this who are interested in possibly pursuing Greek, we're offering Greek one at Colby Academy this year, and we've already have a good crop. And, um, what would be some encouragement for why, why take Greek, even if they haven't had Latin, why take Greek this year?
1: Well, I mean, I think everything that we've talked about, kind of with the benefits of just learning an ancient language, definitely still stands. You know, it really is, not only do you learn a language, but you learn basically the basis for how many languages work. Um, And that is just wonderful unto itself. Um, And just the experience of it, I think the experience of learning a language is a very unique thing um, because you really have to persevere in the beginning. And that's kind of the encouragement that I would give is I would say at the beginning, you know, especially if if you have learned a language, if you you know Latin and you're learning Greek, the beginning difficulty is always the alphabet, Mm. right? You know, you're looking at these characters, you have no idea what sounds they mean, Um, you you know, much less, you know, what words they're signifying. Um, But especially then, also if you have never learned kind of a language before and you're jumping into the world of either Latin or Greek for the first time, there is this kind of almost culture shock Mm. um, where you're, not only are you learning this language, but you're like, "What is the case? You know, what is the what is the not? <laughs> Um, Verb tenses? Like, what are what are all what is all of this terminology?" <laughs> but I think that one of the most rewarding things is when you do persevere, you know, you kind of have to keep walking forward and trusting that it is going to make sense, it is going to click, and then suddenly, you know, there comes the day where you look behind you and you're like, "Whoa, you know, I see how this all fits now." And so I think that yeah, just encouragement, you know, if at the beginning it seems confusing, put the time in, persevere in it. And it is so rewarding, and it's so beautiful, and it's it's really, yeah, it's just an incredible thing. And there's something that's so satisfying about being able to pick up a text, you know, a primary source of Latin, or even, you know, like you were saying with the Gospels, you know, in many ways the Gospels are actually kind of simple yeah. um, in, in certain passages. And there's something so satisfying about, you know, having studied Greek for a semester and a half and being able to p- pick up a past and piece together parts of it. Yeah. And, you know, there's you just can't recreate that yeah. um, That experience. So, yeah, just encouragement to, you know, persevere, keep at it. It really does come together if you're willing to put the time in. Um, and, yeah, and, and it does make sense eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it can be hard, you know, because you're learning a lot. You know, for us English speakers, we're taught grammar very differently. Yeah. Um, and so when you're learning the grammar of one of these languages, it can be difficult. But... It really, it really does. It does come together,
0: and it and it does, and it does help you um, with English, like you said at the beginning. It, oh, for sure. You know, I I think I became a much better writer as I got better at the languages. Just it teaches you how to think, and you know, even Greek. Even even like just our textbook that we are using this year, reading um reading the, reading about this family and stuff, the way that that the textbook is laid out, it's the same textbook that that we'll be using at Colby, and there was something in there where I you know I would get inspired sometimes reading these little stories because it's like you're entering into their world, you know. All of a sudden I'm like, oh, I need to get some sheep and some goats and like <laughs> you know start a farm like these people. But there is something to be said for that and. You know, I just really appreciate you uh, coming on and giving giving encouragement to to future students and, and people who may be listening to this. Um, you know, and I, I don't know, you, you have a few more, at least a few more weeks, a couple months still off for the summer. Um, what are your plans?
1: Yeah, so my family is actually going to be moving to Texas, which is a really big thing. So I'm currently in the midst of helping them pack um, and prepare for all that just a little while i'm going to be road tripping with some of my friends from school um which is going to be very very fun we're going to go down to ohio um so that's going to be wonderful but other than that not really much I'm just going to be reading getting ready for school yeah packing is going to take up a good amount of that time but yeah yeah but thank you thank you so much for for having me and for talking about all of this i love languages so.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah me too well let's do it again maybe maybe after a you know ne- maybe next summer we'll we'll recap how greek 2 went and those sorts of things it'd be awesome so you know but i'll be seeing you up on campus here in a few months anyway
1: yeah definitely definitely
0: all right well thank you sophia and tell everybody i said hi all right
1: right, will do thank you
0: all right bye-bye all right bye
1: Amelia Colby pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.